Welcome back to Heritage Radio Network on tour. We are broadcasting live from Feast Portland, day two. Uh, I'm Katie Mosman-Wadler, Executive Director of HRN. And just before we kick things off, we'd like to thank Travel Portland, uh, as well as Stream PDX and the Julia Child Foundation for making our coverage of Feast possible. So I'm really excited right now to be joined by Peter Cho. Welcome, Peter. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, so Peter um, was... You developed an intuitive grasp of cooking from your Korean immigrant mother and then um, cut your teeth at the Spotted Pig and then uh, took over at the Breslin as executive chef. And uh, now you are back in Portland. So we're now in your home base um, where you're running Han Oak out of your home. So I'm really excited (laughs) to to hear a little bit more about this. Um, Can you just talk first about um, kind of coming back to Portland from New York and, and what that has kind of meant for you as a chef? Yeah. Um, well, my move back was definitely just to be with family. Um, so my mother got sick and I pretty much just dropped everything. Um, at that time I'd probably been working, uh, for April almost 10 years. Yeah. And I just, I just dropped everything, went, went home and, um, I'd been visiting Portland for, uh, I don't know, maybe five years or so before that. Um, and every year I would see sort of the growth um, as far as the food scene and restaurant scene goes. Um, but yeah, as soon as I moved back, I just sort of focused on family and spent as much time with my parents as possible. My brother was also here and uh, his wife and two kids. And so we just like packed in all the family time that I feel like I kind of missed out on in the 13 years I lived in New York. So yeah. But yeah we found the space and uh it was my wife who uh found it and uh yeah she's we've just been slowly and steadily growing it ever since so can you describe the building that you're in and how how you have sort of achieved a home and a restaurant space in in one there yeah well it was um it was sort of son my wife it was her vision as she as she saw it in the craigslist ad uh when she found it but um but really it goes back to my landlord um who's a real estate developer in town and he sort of laid the foundation for what we what we built on it um he uh took over this old garage like old dodge dealership or something i don't know some car dealership that pretty much took up that whole block so the space had already had all these big open uh, openings, garage door openings. And so he was the one that sort of envisioned this um, sort of micro restaurant pod uh, with this uh, retail spaces in front, like butcher shop and little pie spot. And uh, and he lived in, inside with his family. And so I think, you know, just seeing that immediately, we're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Him and his wife and three kids lived there. Um, and had all this, you know, sort of um, food-related uh, uh, happenings out just outside. Um, so yeah, that I, I mean, he he really was a visionary for that. Um, but when we, you know, he laid the foundations and sort of the, laid the bricks and the walls, and we just have, you know, slapped slapped our our things on it. <laughs> Do you find that there is some level of separation? between kind of your work time and family time and and does that actually allow you to have more time with your family or does it all blend into one kind of life no it definitely blends in blends in completely 
um because there isn't um especially with the kids uh you know they're four and one and a half so or almost four and one and a half so it's like at that age i think it's just they're just running around wherever they want pretty much um so there isn't a lot of hey i gotta go to work like you know i I have to sort of step in and out and back Mm -hmm. and forth um it's just nice that i don't have to like go to another another space it's really just a few paces and and i'm i'm home so yeah yeah um well that that beats um i think most people's commute the commute yeah Yeah, (laughs) um how much does um so of course being close to family is obviously really important to you how much does um, sort of your family and the food that you grew up with play into the menu that that you have now at Hanok? Yeah, um, obviously I, I didn't do much Korean uh, cooking professionally, right? So I mean I've only worked professionally for for one chef. Um, so as I moved back and sort of got reconnected, and obviously my mom's uh, cooking and influence um, plays a huge part at Hanok, right? But, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think I'm still in the process of rediscovering Korean food, but also developing my own style. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like even what's been great about Hanok is that I, it's small enough and it's sort of I always say it's like nimble enough that I can sort of change things on a dime. I don't have to like, you know, there isn't a big it's not like a big boat takes takes a while to move around you know so when we first started it was like two days a week and then you know just for fun we added a brunch and then you know six months later we started doing a dumpling and noodle focus night um and so along the way i've sort of have the menu has sort of you know followed that path as well Mm -hmm. um so when i first started it was very korean and i tried to keep it as traditionally korean with sort of my cooking background as possible um but you know there's obviously japanese and chinese food influence because that's those are things that i just you know discovered as a cook and and uh and enjoyed a lot uh living in new york and traveling to la and um so yeah i mean i think the menu now has become sort of yeah uh, followed that path my career path really and i mean just in in your first year you've gotten a ton of amazing recognition um, I mean, you're talking about kind of the evolution, but uh, during that time, you've gotten uh, Best New Restaurant recognition from the Beard Foundation, Eater, Thrillist, GQ, and uh, you were just Yikes. recently uh, one of Food & Wine Magazine's Best New Chefs. Yeah. Uh, so, um, <laughs> you, obviously, um, people are, are loving what you're doing. Has there been, um, like, any any feedback or any, like, part of that recognition that has just, um, like, been the most meaningful to you or has changed uh, how you feel about sort of what you've started here in Portland? Oh man. I mean, every, every time we have been recognized, it's like, it's mind blowing. Um, Especially because, I mean, we just sort of have always done it in a way. (laughs) It's like, you know, not going for those things, I guess. Um, We just, (laughs) it was like for survival really. Uh, but I think like a lot of that sort of culminated with the food and wine best new chef, especially with having worked for April and and having been there at the time um, that 
and seeing how much that um, sort of propelled propelled her career um, and it also fell on the 10-year anniversary of her being named of uh, best new chef um, it's funny actually because I was like just doing my daily whatever like random like uh, errands running around I was shopping I was like in a store and I got a call from a New York number that I didn't recognize and I never really answer it but I don't know why I did and I answered and it was Nilu and she told me to go find a quiet place and I literally like I yeah I fell to my knees I was like oh crap uh, <laughs> it was shocking for sure um so I think that was yeah definitely I knew that that was going to be that was the one that really uh floored me yeah. <laughs> most <laughs> um and did that uh at that moment, did that change like anything about how you felt about Hanok and sort of the direction that you've chosen? Um, well, obviously, <laughs> it obviously made uh, uh, yeah, solidified. <laughs> I guess yeah, I don't it's know. reassuring. I mean, right? It was for sure reassuring. <laughs> I think again, it was up until then. We yeah, we have just been doing as much as we could with this the the two days or th I think by then it was four days but um I don't know I'm, I'm I guess I'm still like in a in a reflective mode now mm -hmm. I don't really think about it or talk about it too much but but um yeah when I do I, I do have to pause and, and kind of reflect on it and think about it it's still like I don't know I, I still feel a little bit especially with Dana sitting over there <laughs> hi hi Dana <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's an incredible honor. <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing to sort of like see you talk about it and, and clearly how, yeah. how impactful that's been. And, yeah. um, it's just an amazing and well-deserved honor. And, um, so it's funny though, cause I feel like, like I was saying, you know, I, I worked very closely with April and I saw all the things and, and, and experienced a lot of those things with her and so when it happened for me i i still didn't like it didn't click that it was for me i still felt like i was like a sous chef for somebody else who was receiving those uh awards so yeah it's still a little bit like i, I still don't believe it it's still sinking it in. yeah <laughs> um well kind of speaking of, of reconnecting with um, chefs you've worked with in new york um last night you pulled off uh, an incredible dinner yeah, with Angie Mar. Um, tell us about it. Tell us about the the event itself, and then uh, maybe like a few favorite things about the experience of, of getting back together and cooking with Angie. Yeah, it's it was awesome. I mean, you know, it's it's for me. We never really leave Portland, so I, it's nice to be able to watch everybody everybody's career uh, from afar through you know various social media. Um, but so we crossed paths. So I think um, she started at the pig when I was leaving to open the Breslin or something like that. I feel like the timeline is still a little, a little foggy for me. But um, but I just I do remember when she was there, and I remember she left and moved on, and then started doing all her, you know, her rise. Um, and uh, but you know when we first talked, we were like, yeah, how can we not like showcase uh, what she does at the Beatrice Inn? Um, and for me, uh, Korean cooking is all about the, sh the big show is the meat, right? And so all the panchan plays a, plays a accompanying role. So 
Um, I just tried to stay out of the way, especially with that A-frame that they set up in the side yard. It was incredible. Huge raging fire. They smoked uh, these massive ribs uh, over the fire for it was a good 12 hours. And so, and then uh, my mom made a special batch of kimchi, like whole heads of Napa. And so we just sort of quartered that and hung that on hooks. Um, I saw uh, a picture of next that. Next to it that, yeah. Gorgeous. And, you know, I mean, you know, you just go, well, of course that's going to go well together. So planning was obviously like, yeah, that's awesome. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. But then, like, to then at the end of the night, after all that planning and then, you know, a, a service and then sit down, we actually, like, shared a bite. And she made a little psalm for me. And, like, you know, it was it was incredible. It was fun. Yeah. That's awesome. And it was a beef steak, right? So did everybody eat with their hands? And Oh, yeah. There's, like, rib bones everywhere. There's, like, the whole ducks were roasted and kept everything bone in. And yeah, that's, that's that's all her, like, her jam. Um, I just I just love how well it fit in with the Korean, Korean food style. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little more about your mom's kimchi and how you work with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, well. When we opened, I was obviously naturally my mom would make our kimchi. I think, you know, it's funny because it, every family has, you know, everybody's favorite kimchi is their mom's. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's always like that war of the war of, of the uh, family's kimchi. Um, but yeah, when we opened, uh, she helped me with small batches and. I don't know. I I still can't get that recipe from her because it's not a <laughs> recipe, you know. It's like she like just it's how many how many years of making kimchi and you you have to like know you know how the cabbage is going to react and how it's going to ferment and what part of the the year it is and how warm it is, you know. And how, it, there's just so much to it, and uh, I'm trying to learn still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have um, like facilities kind of built in? Uh, that at oh yeah for sure i mean you know you need the big the big big containers and sinks to like wash these massive cases of uh huge heads of lettuce so or the cabbage so yeah yeah that's been great to cook with my mom has been um incredible especially you know because like i said cream food is a rediscovery for me i i re- you know i grew up in eugene springfield area where there wasn't a lot of cream food to to have except for my parents cooking and so when i moved to new york it was like you know mind-blowing eye-opening uh and then further when i went to la my wife is from la and so when we you know we would visit a lot and that was a whole nother world of korean food that i had never experienced um so you know my mom is always sort of that reference point and even like when i put a new dish on uh whether it's in development or um, before I put it on, I always use my mom sort of as one end of the guide and my wife on the other. And then, you know, if the two of them like it, it's going to be pretty good, you know. And then I just make sure my cooks are into it because they're the ones that are going to be recreating it day in, day out. Yeah, um, I think they, they have to like it, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> they got to believe in it, too. You know, so, yeah. What's unique about Portland um, as a food city? Um, obviously it's a lot different from New York. Not a lot of people could have a restaurant in their house in New York, um, because nobody has a house, but, um, sort of beyond that, as far as, um, you know, is there anything specifically about Portland that's enabling you to do what you do? Um, 
I mean, for me specifically, I, the the sort of community that's here. Um, I know it's there's a lot of restaurants. Um, it's a small world though, and I think if you know if it weren't for people like Naomi Pomeroy, um, just like all the you know Joshua McFadden, uh, these guys, they they sort of as soon as I moved here, um, they sort of took me under their wings, kind of, and showed me showed me Portland in a way that really only they could. And um, Naomi, especially, like when I first moved back, she, you know, I I went and cooked uh, at Beast for a little while. And she was the one that actually took me on this trip. Um, she got an opportunity to go to Japan uh, for a cooking thing, and she brought me along. Um, and from that, I extended that trip to go to Korea for like 10 days, and my mom and my sister met me there. And so that, like, I mean, that really, like, helped launch Hanok as it is today, I think. Because, you know, the trip to Japan was, like, the most um, culinarily eye-opening um, it's food that I'd never seen before. It's like consecutively, like five consecutive days, I had the best meals of my life. And then, like, to think about that and I don't know, uh, t- to sort of having experienced that and then going to Korea and, you know, seeing the food, um, seeing the food there and, and just figuring out how I'm going to do that professionally as a cook. Um, yeah that that was that's i think you know what helped launch hanok as it is today but you know that that sort of camaraderie the 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 way that the chefs sort of you know the tight-knit community that there is here i think that's like that's pretty special do you have a a really memorable like single bite from your time in japan that sticks out oh boy i'm the worst i can't remember anything I, i always have to take a picture and take a note but um sushi oh boy i don't know i it's just every bite was so so incredible i honestly i would have to take look back at notes uh, i don't remember any one thing <laughs> specifically um what's your favorite thing to do in your um uh, limited off time in portland uh we spent as much time with the kids as possible well like elliot's now in school so he's spending most of the day at uh pre-k um but yeah it's family time it's always like my brother um and his family uh their kids are a couple years older and so you know elliot would rather hang out with them than anybody uh so it's just meeting up with family and hanging out yeah that's awesome that's the best (laughs) yeah and they're close you know yeah awesome well, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. I really appreciate you coming out to yeah, hang out in our me. beautiful Airstream trailer <laughs> today. Um, Peter Cho, thanks for being on Heritage Radio Network on tour. And uh, we look forward to seeing you hopefully on your next trip to Brooklyn. you got to come have pizza with us. Yeah, for sure. I'll be there. Thank <laughs> awesome. you so much. Well, thank you so much. Thanks again to Travel Portland at Stream PDX and the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts for making our coverage possible. And uh, thanks a lot to Aaron for being our engineer today. We will be back in just a few moments. Mm-hmm.